Motherfuckers? Motherfuckers? Do you know? I, I know you know Adam Gorak from Australia. I didn't previously know you knew him, but he was Gorak. Talking. What yeah. up, dog? Not much. Um, it's past my bedtime here, but I'm here to hang out with these guys, man, because I fucking miss them. What time <laughs> is it over there for you right now? Yeah, yeah. What's it's 11 p.m. Oh, fuck that shit. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm all good, dude. I'm all good. I'm still worked up after work, so it's all good. <laughs> He's a beast. He comes. He stays up this late just to shoot the shit with us on Sabbath Sunday podcast. That's man. That's uh. That's more commitment to the game than I have got. I'll that much. <laughs> then I stay up for like. Then I normally on like early Tuesday mornings at two a.m. I stay up and do my other podcast that I do. So, oh, there we so go. What's your, shout that shit out while you're on here. Yeah, so it's called a uh, Pink Sock Podcast. I'm just a co-host. I started off as a. Uh, as a, uh, a, a regular host, he just wanted me on because he wants an Australian on. He's an Australian. He wants your accent for some reason. Thinks you're sexy and will attract the female audience. It's all it's all true. And I look like the Rock, so they. Uh, yeah. Is he? <laughs> he fetishized you. You've been uh, you've been reduced to your accent, man. That's fucking cold. Everybody loves it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's rad. Though. That's rad, though, man. And hey, you're never just a co-host. All right. That's what I was going to say. It I was is, just telling it, them how we came together for this new re, rebranded DCL podcast. They're the first is, to know. That's right, baby. It's it's the, the magic is in the union. It's never yeah, it's no. never one coast. It's never one host alone. It's what no. that's what everybody brings to the mix. And then we see that wonderful spark, that wonderful, that wonderful ignition, which we've which we fucking which we've seen before. Yeah, which we've seen before, and we know which is the segue into what the what Black Sabbath is. It is the essence of what Black Sabbath, the original band, is on their first record, nineteen seventy, self titled Black. And it feel good. It felt great. <laughs> it feels good to be here back with you guys, man. I want to. I want. I sniff them. Yeah. Can I? Can I sniff too? Yeah. yeah if you, you can get there, can you get there. There's yeah, oh, I'm from the future, but there we go. Yeah, <laughs> you're from the future, and the future's fucking dark. It's literally and figuratively. That it is, is pretty dark out there, though. Exactly. <laughs> Remember what CDs smell like. Oh, give, me an old, give me an old book, and I could pick it from across the room. But an old CD, I just don't know what kind of smell that has. It was always <laughs> like gorgeous. a weird. I was always with, I was a huge action figure kid when I was, when I was younger. And to be honest, if I had like more display space and, and money, I would be an action figure kid right now at 38 years old. But one of the things that I was really into as a child, as a, as a strange child, um, was, was cracking open like an X-Men package and just sniffing that motherfucker <laughs> because it always smelled so good man and like as i got it, it was this very unique smell and of course it's attached to the excitement that you feel as a kid when you get a new toy and you're gonna start playing with that much yeah. it's saber tooth and you flip the switch on the back and he's got this fucking this damage from wolverine you know you're excited you get excited about that shit the smell sticks with you so does the excitement in one way or another and that's what cds to this day do for me man i crack those bad boys open I sniff the liner notes. Yeah. <clears throat> it the, is. You know, the sensory, uh, the sense is starting to come back to me. Working yeah. at a record store so many years, constantly having to open CDs for people. Oh, yeah. You just sort yeah, of go you, numb to it. But you swipe like, it, swipe oh, yeah. the CD swipe spine on the, the counter. Hell yeah. Crack that bad boy open, peel the stuff. <laughs> I was good at that shit, man. I was like 10 seconds flat back in my day. It's so fast. 
It was, man. It was, it was, but like you said, you do it, you, you know, you work in a store like that. I worked in a couple of different stores like that for a while and you get good at it. And it's just a habit that you keep. For sure. Black Sabbath on vinyl is unfuckwithable though, as much as you got on CDs. Also true. And if I like the, when I started, you know, when I got really into Sabbath was in the nineties and and vinyl was kind of like, kind of had taken a, I was not aware that vinyl existed. It was dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like if I if I hadn't already built up this absurd Black Sabbath collection, that's majority CDs, actually almost actually all entirely CDs, I would probably start rebuying everything on vinyl. But I just I, I can't do it. You, you know, will one day now that you're a doctor and you'll be making money. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully I'll be uh, I'll be able to do that with my with my bread wife and then that's I can right. just fuck around. My my high powered executive wife, and and then I'll just get to stay in here and play with my fucking toys. That's the move, and that's, that's like this, like this right here, like this right here. Black Zach. When, when did you hear the first Black Sabbath record for the first time? Do you recall? Yes, I do. Is it, is it, it you do? I was going to say, is it so much a part of your being that you just can't even remember it? It's been there as long as you have. Tell us, tell us about. It's it. a little bit like that. Um, I was introduced to Sabbath just with the, the hits through wherever you hear them, right? Like Paranoid, just new Paranoid, new War Pigs, yeah, you know, new all that shit, new Aussie. So I think the only two records I had or I went out and listened to at first were Paranoid and Master of Reality, probably for like mm-hmm. a year. And that was like when, I, you know, you're 12, you're 13, you don't really give a fuck. You just like listen to music. And then I went back. I'm like, OK, I fucking have to like check out Black Sabbath like for real. So then I got I went to get the first album. I think it was like 14 or 15. And uh, solid it. I've grown to appreciate this one probably more than the other ones over the years. Cause when I, when I first heard it, I was kind of like not super into the blues and shit. And it Same. was just, this sounded just like a sort of boring blues rock record aside from the first song, which I thought was really evil and sick. And it still is yeah. like evil and sick shit ever. But after that, I was like, Oh, there's like, I just wasn't into it as like a, you know, <laughs> slipknot raging child. Exactly. But that's what it, that's what this record did for me, but I have grown to appreciate it. Like it's in my top three, probably favorite Sabbath records. Sitting there and, and listening to it as a kid, and you're like, "Is that a fucking harmonica that yeah. I just heard?" Yeah, what is this? Is Bob Dylan? I thought this was like am... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! And given the time, be like, "Where are the where are the turntables? Give me some fucking scritches in this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up with that? Not for real, not seriously. That, but that, yeah, dude, that's one of the things that kind of struck me about it the first time I heard it. Like a lot of people of our, I mean, I say our age group, even though we we're a decent amount apart, you know, we definitely came into Sabbath past what a lot of people would consider to be there. We're legacy fans of Sabbath, right? Absolutely. Um, coming to other shit first, uh, my dad got, my dad got me, um, we sold our soul for rock and roll first. Uh, I was introduced to Sabbath by my dad, sort of through that best of compilation. And then, you know, straight war pigs, uh, paranoid and then straight to Master of Reality. And then sometime later, I ended up coming back to the first Sabbath record and listening to it. And I, I, was, th- I was thinking to my dad again, uh, except I was like, this sounds more like the other shit that he listens to. Like, this sounds like fucking Little Feet and like yeah. <laughs> Led Zeppelin in some place, like Mountain a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's right. so much blues stuff going on. There's the, you know, uh, a lot of the, the sort of jazz free flat like just a bunch of shit that i didn't really have the the musical like yeah 
wherewithal to process as heavy metal. You know we, what I mean? We were not ready for this, I don't think. No, we not ready we to were not it at all. Yeah. But uh, like you, man, I, I you know, I've I've come to appreciate it over the years. I'm not, I can't sit here and say that it's one of my favorite Sabbath records, but it is so incredibly crucial. And a couple of songs on there that I still love, I will always love down to my very core, the title track being one of those. Like you said, man, it's just oh, yeah. a fucking scary song. It's fellas, to the fellas, tell it, tell us, talk to us, t- tell us about Black Sabbath, man. Tell us about oh, the first record. These guys know. <laughs> I think Gore, I mean, for me, I, I mean, let's see, when was my first real introduction to Black Sabbath? Oh, like a year ago. <laughs> Right. We've Was yeah, that, but you've had time this, to grow. You've, you've had time to digest. Very podcast. I'm I'm honored to be that somebody's gateway into Sabbath. Honestly, you're, that's why you're you, put, you put the hook in them. Yeah, yeah man. I, I listened. I re-listened to this album this morning after having been up for a little while. Yeah. I got up at like three o'clock this morning because that's just where I am these days. You're a savage. I know. <laughs> um, and I thought maybe because I would have been, you know, as much time removed from it, I think I would appreciate it more. And I did, but only like the first half of the album. That's fair. Because when it comes down to my taste musically, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to like, it gets a little too jammy, like too jam bandy for for my taste and i i think towards the end of the album it really gets there and it kind of loses me uh then but i was really into it for like the first half yeah and afterwards i just checked out that what i what i guess is and zach you would know this better than i do because you have the actual vinyl what i am assuming is the b side is that wicked world into warning is that side b that is that would be side b I am still, I am still exactly where you are, my dude. Side B of this record is where I just kind of check out where I'm like, all right, I, I can respect what's going on. And of course I'm like, I'm familiar with this shit. I've listened to it a million times. The first half of the record is, is, is where it's at for me. Yeah. At this Gorak. Sorry, sorry, Gorak. Go ahead. What do you think of the first Sabbath? Talk to us, mate. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, well, it's a fucking great album. What can I say? There we go. So many... <laughs> oh, damn right, baby. This is a fucking great album. Well, like, yeah, like, well, like the first time I got into Sabbath was from my brother. Nice. Um, he he brought the uh, was the reu- the the first reunion that they done. That live yeah. record. That's a dope record. That live record dude. when I did like a ten minute version of Iron Man or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, that, I think that was the that was a massive. I'm 38. I don't know. I don't know how old. I know how old that is. I don't know how old you guys are. 30. Okay, great. So we're about in the same boat here. Yeah. Um, that also was sort of my, like my dad introduced it to me when I was a kid, but that reunion double live album was like my fucking reintroduction to Sabbath. Like my, that felt like them coming back to greet a new generation of people that in combination with like Ozfest and them headlining it, they put out those new, those two new songs with the reunion collection, uh, Psycho Man, which right fucking rips, Rip yeah. uh, Selling My Soul, which is also good. Like that to me was sort of when, when Sabbath like, became mine you know what i mean as opposed to this inherited thing Sweet. yeah yeah it's just that's just an amazing sounding record for a live, live album as well but um for sure after after i finished listening to that and um went to my dad's house my like, dad have you got any black sabbath cds <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's so it. yeah 
started from the that, first two albums. You've and, seen yeah. them a few times down there, haven't you? Twice. And I went to the final sound check as well. Fuck yeah. Uh, how was it, dude? Was it incredible? Man, if Ozzy's looking at you and sings Iron Man straight to your face, what you from there? <laughs> oh man, that's pretty that is that is wild, dude. That is one of those things that I don't really know how I would how I would process it. <laughs> no, me either. But like kind of burst into flames. Yeah, but like everyone everyone that night on that show they all sounded great oh, yeah, yeah. You know? who, el- oh, who else was there um oh, oh, the- do, you mean, do you just mean the artists in the band you just mean the the musicians or are you talking about the yeah but the sound check yeah oh, um, okay my when i went to the sound check the guy the promoter guy um had like a basket out and he wants all of our phones in there because they didn't want to take us um, photos or videos yeah. or anything and link it online because it was just for us we paid for that money to go and see the sound check for the very last time yeah yeah you know that's so Dude, that's man. so cool I'm so jealous yeah that'd be like cooler than seeing a show for me is to see them just like tune up and, you know <laughs> yeah well i mean it's would, you know, looking at me I mean, which like, is that's it done yeah that's cool it is crazy it's crazy seen, i know sure I, I know you have and they've seen thir- the 13 like the last documentary that they put out with like the live record right like the it came it was a is it 13 13 is the last album whatever the last live album is when their their final show in birmingham the end the end yeah 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 yeah. so they put out a video in a yeah with their thing and uh to see them all get together and jam and do wicked world remember Mm -hmm. that when they go back yeah yeah like that single-handedly made me appreciate that song and side B of the record more because like, I feel like that's what I like about this record is I listen to it. Like these wizards are literally coming together for the first time and like yeah. figuring out their magic. Right. So it's like, yes. that's why Sabbath is like my say they're my favorite band because it's like when they all come together and make this music, it's like, to me, like, like magic is the greatest thing. And just hear him figure that out, hear them all figure that out. Build yeah. This like symphonic style drumming, and they're just trying to figure out work work their way around the blues kind of experiment. It's not my favorite music, but that aspect of music really like makes me appreciate this record. Is how that's well, and I I think that there's there's a lot to be said for that specifically just based on the circumstances that you guys mentioned. Like you, I, I feel like you gain more respect for Bill Ward's drumming, especially on the early stuff. Like you said, when they were still figuring things out. I feel like you get even more respect for that when you watch other drummers or listen to other drummers try and play it. Like, obviously, when you've got incredible players like Tommy Kluftos and Brad Wilk, who collaborated towards the end with Black Sabbath, you know, these are incredibly talented guys. They're going to be able to fucking play the shit that you put in front of them. But it's always going to be a little bit different, man. Um, and with with Bill Ward, the guy's just, you know, half maniac and half fucking Picasso. Putting the, Well, I mean, Picasso was a maniac, but like, it, it's it's just so... It's it's nine fourteen in the morning here, and uh, I, my words are not quite lining up the way that they will a little bit later in the day. But what I'm trying to say is that it rocks. It's good. It rocks. It's great. It's unique. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's unique. And uh, another another thing that sort of popped up in my head a minute ago when Gorak was talking about uh, his dad and Black Sabbath CDs, and then also me and my dad uh, giving me a copy of We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll on CD, and then sort of the thing we were talking about earlier about side A and side B on the record. This this first version of this was really was really interesting to me, the, the CD version that I got first, because it was my first experience having grown up as a tape slash predominantly CD listener. 
it was my first sort of experience with like the tension between the way a record is listened to and the way a CD is listened to. So I remember looking at the case and being like, is this song called Wasp Behind the Wall of Sleep basically NIB? Is that, does the song have four names or is, is it really, because it's all one, it's all one track, you know? And that I think sort of the way that you understand music and the way that you experience it based on whatever sort of kind of media you experience it on first, I feel like there's always going to be something unique about the way you process music sort of based on those early experiences. And so for me, music was very much and still very much is a track by track thing. One of my favorite things to do, like I'll listen to a record in full. It's important. And, uh, you know, the artists put those songs in that sequence for a reason. But one of my favorite things to do is make is make compilations. Right. And that to me is an is an individual song type thing. So if I can't pull behind the wall of sleep out of the middle of wasp and basically right to put into another sequence on some jam playlist that I make on my own, then that sort of forces me to rethink those four songs together and why they chose in adapting this for the CD format to not put song breaks between those four. It's just a cool, you know, it's it's nerd shit. Obviously it's nothing that anybody's going to look at and be like, wow, this is super profound. Like it's probably just me being a fucking neurotic fanboy. Um, but still, I do think, I do think that there is a difference in how you, in how you enjoy music, how you digest music, uh, based on sort of the format that you got acquainted with it in. And for me, that, that was sort of an interesting tension to kind of discover between the two. So are you saying, did you dig it or did you not dig it? Or was it, was it not even a, it was just, it was just a thing. It was just different. It was just something that I had to sort of it wasn't that I didn't dig. well there have definitely been points in my life where I've been unmedicated enough that not being able to to separate these things into individual tracks sort of uh gave me a little bit of the jitters but you know as I got older and got a little bit more used to it and sort of relaxed a little bit um I was I was able to adjust to it and sort of really appreciate what I think they were what they were trying to go for and that what is ultimately you know an artistic choice I think yes it's a product um, and yes, you know, this adaptation is being made specifically because of developments in technology, um, but it's still an artistic choice, I think. Um, yeah, and that's, also, that's a cool thing to look at. Yes. A lot of the times I wish I could just go play basically and just listen to that. You can't do it. <laughs> Matt, well, do you want, do you want the ones that I went through with audacity and separated individually manually? <laughs> yeah, please. Please, we'll, I can I can send I can send those to you if you want. You know that I had to do that. Oh, I know you did that. That's amazing. Yes, yeah. please send them to me. I will listen to it. All right. Just, just completely yeah. reorder the album. Just take those. I, yeah. Just see no, find different pairings that work together and just make this jumbled mess of Black Sabbath sound. Exactly. And send it back to him and be like, "What do you think of what we did with you guys' record?" Ozzy's like, "Fucking mess." I don't know. You ever went back and listened to their earth demos and recordings i know you, you have shoulder for sure but hey dude it's been a long time um yeah it's, it's been like probably at least a year for me i think in preparation for doing this album on last year's podcast that we did it oh yeah i remember last year before last when we did this last year because I, I came to that one too didn't i i, I we think did, we did a couple together not all we did several 
I can't. Well, I it was sometime while you and me were talking about it. Maybe it was before we did like a lifts and riffs episode with somebody when we were talking about Black Sabbath with them. But I remember going back and listening to a couple of different things. There was that rec- that live recording of Blue Suede Shoes yeah. that they did <laughs> on like fucking Top of the Pops or something like that. I listened what? to that and then <laughs> I didn't listen to that, that one. Check, yeah, it's, check. it's it's good, man. It's actually yeah. fucking like they're they're cooking on that shit. And it's it's yeah. live and it sounds fantastic. It's just straight up one take cool shit. And then that other the uh the uh what was it the B side from their first one, Evil Woman, don't you play right games with me? Right. A side. Oh, it was it was a single, it was an A side on a single, it was its own single. I didn't realize that. I thought it was a B side from something else. But yeah, you can find that. You can find Evil Woman now on all these reissues, the two disc reissues. But that was another one that I thought was pretty cool. And um, if I'm not mistaken, a cover as well. There's like a 17-minute video. It's their pre-Earth, pre-Black Sabbath demo from 1969. And it's yeah, uh, it's just interesting. I would not say it's good, but it's cool to hear what they came to be. They're just uh, basically yeah. a blues cover band, and then they had some hippie stuff, and I think they threw it together, and it came out with this. So it kind of makes sense when you hear that. When you, yeah. hear, uh, you know, it all makes sense a little more. But it's it's cool, man. I would uh, I would check it out if I were anybody listening, and if anyone's interested. They were called Earth before. Black. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's good to know. Just good to share good to go back and, and check out and see where it came from and it's wild too i think also if you're if you're younger and you've sort of been introduced to black sabbath as the founding fathers of heavy metal or whatever to, to go back and sort of listen to what they were doing before they were sort of embraced as heavy metal or or sort of retrospectively rechristened heavy metal right going back and looking at where they came from before and being like well this is just blues and like there are elements of jazz and stuff to it too like that's really insight into where heavy metal comes from and to where the style of music is, is rooted in. Right. And also cool thing. conceptually with, you know, the, the themes and subject matter and the album cover and just being called yeah. like the whole evil, like vibe in conjunction with that was, is also something that I think gets overlooked that they don't get credit for either. For sure. I, I, I still, this, it is just like this really incredibly haunting album cover but at the same time like kind of kind of unnoticeable kind of innocuous you know what i mean like oh it's a woman standing in front of a building and then you look at it closer and you're like huh i mean there's something as as deeply rooted as you know the uk is in you know folk horror oh yeah it kind of stands to reason that they would choose an image that evokes sort of that for sure. Feeling. Yeah. So this sort of the, 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 the misty English countryside and sort of all these, just this, the mystery the dead... of the unknown small town and what, yeah. inside that house and who is this woman? Yeah. It's that who is the what they're listening to in there. This is what the wizard listens to and is missing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, and I love, I love that it's fall. I love that it's it's spooky season. You know, you reckon there's like other cover versions of that album cover anyway? Like, you reckon they would have had other ones? They just like, no, no, no. This one is better. There are so I I don't know about this one for sure, but like with the you can see them in the back there. The the box sets I bought the CD versions, and I think Zach has all of the uh, the LP versions. These super the super deluxe versions that they reissued, Zach. 
Um, in those, you see in the books that they included, like alternate covers um, for albums through different territories, like the cover for uh, for Paranoid in Japan looked a little bit different. Um, I think there were, if I mean, just even looking at, at these two right here, like you, it didn't pick up on the camera very well, but like one is darker than the other one. So yes. I, I think that when you when you go back um, and look at a record that came out that long ago when the industry was so incredibly different, right? They were just like slamming out records. Um, and uh, then you also, a, a good way to contextualize that for, for us, for like newer school or, or, you know, not quite that old collectors of the shit is to go to Discogs, right? You go to Discogs and you look at each Black Sabbath record and typically, you know, every now and then you'll see a big band that's got like 30 different versions of a record or something like that. And you look at Black Sabbath and it's like 287 different versions, uh, 300 something different versions for like for for Master of Reality or something like that. Right. And so across all of those, there are everywhere from like minor differences all the way up to just like completely different covers. Um, and it would be interesting, as I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it would be interesting to see like if someone's actually gone through and catalogs that somewhere. But before I that thought even completed, I was like, well, of course, somebody has. I'm sure there are probably like fucking 10 or 15 people who are like reading it right now. Probably. Yeah. 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 This one would be the most interesting one of like, you know, how this photo shoot went. Like I always wondered, yeah. like, what, what? Yeah. Just like what was going on? Well, we know who the I, man I'd have to look again. It's been a long time since I looked, but I, we know who the woman is, isn't it? Isn't it? A creditor somewhere, I feel like, don't they? Yeah, I'd have to look again, man. I feel ashamed. I feel like we should know this. Dude, we should know this. I should. Whoever, which, if you're listening, we want you on the podcast. We'll bring a special guest. Yeah. <laughs> what up, girl? We would love to hang out with you. Um, I can so feel her spirit somewhere. Yeah, yeah come, <laughs> come haunt us. She's probably yeah, dead. She's in the There's... future with me. For that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um shit man yeah it's good go listen um to everyone. yeah go go listen to it and then i so I, I bought this like a year ago actually longer ago than that zach and um i have just now gotten to the point where i'm able to to dig into it um but there is a book called uh black sabbath and philosophy mastering reality and it's a no, nice collection edited by William Irwin. Um, and it is some super interesting shit. There's some interesting shit that they say about sort of the, the spiritual connections in the first record. And um, they ask all these existential questions and sort of examine life through, through Black Sabbath lyrics and lore as this lens. Um, and I feel like this would be, if you guys are, if you guys are looking for uh, a little bit of a different take on this shit, um, that maybe I'm looking forward to having my mind expanded by it. Definitely something worth checking out. You can get a used copy pretty cheap. Um, and it reads really, that book. yeah, it reads really easy too. Like it's not like fucking academic bullshit language. Like it's pretty much conversational and there's definitely like a lot of places where you can sort of get, get into the notes and, and figure out where they're pulling their ideas from and maybe follow some of that stuff up if you wanted to. 
Yeah, I'll check it and out. And it just reminds me of all of those books that started coming out, like philosophy of the matrix, philosophy of yeah. <laughs> philosophy of, you know, insert television that's, program here. <laughs> that's the cool thing. Yeah, that's the cool thing about, I mean, maybe these are part of the same series. This is the Blackwell philosophy and culture series. So they're very well, maybe like a Seinfeld philosophy one too. But that to me um, is one of the cool things. One of the interesting things about philosophy is just the way that we can we can use it as like this little filter to run different things through for for yeah. lack of a better way of putting it at this particular hour um but like looking at sort of the things that you appreciate and feel like you understand about lyrics that are important to you whether it's black sabbath or like fucking analepsy or something like that sort of putting that in context or having somebody else contextualize that for you within a particular philosophical school of thought or a particular movement or something like that. I feel like interesting stuff always comes out of it. And it always kind of takes me to a new place, right? When I can make, when I make new connections within music that somebody else created, like that to me is a productive force. That to me is me like making it my own in a way based on what somebody else did. And then hopefully I process it in a way that gives it, that gives something new to, to somebody else, right? It's a cool circle, sure. cool cycle that we get to be a part of, boys. And that is why we have Schumer hosting this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And oh. I feel like do some push-ups, smoke a joint, and listen to the wizard. Do that as well. <laughs> we do some push-ups, right? Smoke a joint, listen to the wizard, and then and then read about the wizard and and uh, and continental philosophy. Read about the wizard and uh, do it all. Do it all. Listen, my body and soul develop some... here at, the, at church. Sabbath Sunday. Exactly. Sharpen yourself before the shrine. Iron sharpens iron, bitch. What he said. I love you. <laughs> I love you guys. We'll, we'll call that a show. That was awesome, man. man it's good to see you guys, man. Um, this is, it has been way too long. Dude, Gorak, thank you. Especially Gorak. Gorak's the MVP here, man, coming to us from fucking the middle of the night on the other side of the world thank well, you for humoring us here. So i still got like another 30 minutes to be done but that's all good look Bro, man that's the middle I, of the i'm in me. i'm in bed at nine <laughs> my friend that's the middle of the night yeah see I, I finish work around nine and then i go to the gym then i go home so holy fuck that's why you look so good man that's why you look absolute like- animal shit uh, and i yeah. see that pillow on your bed too man i bet that well, shit. Leather face. it's a two-sided yeah. one yeah what's on, so it's what's on the other side <laughs> yeah to wait till next month yeah i know right <laughs> see what's on the other side oh yeah there we go that's so based upon it depends upon who you bring home with you right yeah mainly i've been sleeping with this one about half the time i kind of forget that i'm sleeping on top of him so that's yeah good. it's a great thing to wake up to yeah, I, yeah I, I when I had that with me, it's, it's all good. <laughs> oh man, this is fucking awesome! Good to see you, wow. fellas. Good to be back. Uh, listen to Black Sabbath today. We'll keep you updated when the next one will be. Most definitely. Thanks, guys. You mean the world to me. Love you. Likewise, love you. Peace out. Have a good I'll Sunday. Take a man. quick screenshot, and I'll promote this on my podcast yeah, as well. You're such a good. You're so smart. Let's take a screenshot. I, I love you guys, and sure, it's uh, nice meeting you uh, as well. Yeah, man. Great talking to you. Great, I love uh, to keep in touch with you. We can talk about more Sabbath <laughs> and can trace and Sabbath stuff. Yeah, man. Did we get it yet? I don't know. Yeah. Did we get this? Are right, you ready? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're. <laughs> All good.
bunch of fucking posers. Look at us. We were just ready for like five minutes. We're just ready. Yeah, he he was waiting way before we went live. So that's right. That's right. Peace out, boys. All right, boys. See you soon. Love you. Thank.